there. Christ for Youth International exists to grow youth in fellowship and in honor of our Lord. To be like well-nurtured plants and pillars to adorn. So we can reach out to our generation with the principles of Christ's leadership. Welcome to the Ahava Dantuman Podcast. We hope you are blessed as you listen to this message. So there are some things that are supposed to be normal for a believer. Because of who we are. And because we are created for worship, we should be able to worship normally. You sometimes when you enter a service and the worship is keeping on, you say, hey, what's happening? That's who you are. That's why we, we came to service. <laughs> Amen. Some people feel like, oh, maybe the preacher is missing or he can't find his notes. That's why. We, uh... Amen. I'm um, sharing on our calling as priests. Amen. This is a month of priesthood. And um, it's a month of prayer. It's a month where we are going to wait upon the Lord. Psalms 36 verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Amen. For with you. Some of you went to that school, but you don't don't really know what they were saying. (laughs) For with you is the fountain of what? Light and in your light, we see light, amen. We are a product of the revelation we've received from the Lord. Your actions are going to be a product of revelation, amen. So, in God's word, we see His revelation. That's why you should be you should be somebody who is given to reading your Bible often because you find light in His light, amen. That's why you should be open to good teaching because in his light, you find light. Hmm. Amen. Are you in the house? What's a revelation? A revelation is simply an uncovering of something which was all, um, all along hidden for you, from you. I mean, sometimes you hear preachers say, this is a revelation from... What we are, it's, it's not a preacher who created the revelation. It was just, it's been there all along. He just had an opportunity to, to see it. And anytime you read the word of God, anytime you hear the word of God being preached to you, what's happening is that there's an uncovering of truth. Hallelujah. And it's truth. We live by truth. Your actions are going to be based on your level of understanding of truth. Amen. And truth is a person. Truth is Jesus. So the more we spend time in his word, the more we see this man called Jesus. In his word, we see light. Hallelujah. So I'm sharing on royal priesthood. I'm saying all this because this month we are going to pray. A, a great understanding of prayer will lead you to have a great prayer life. Amen. Revelation 1, 5 to 6. And from Jesus Christ, a faithful witness, the first one from the dead, and a ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. First Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. The previous verse said he has made us what kings and priests. Then First Peter 2 9 says that but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So both scriptures point us to the fact that you and I are priests. Hallelujah. Not that we are going to become priests, but we are what? 
already priest. Amen. Who is a priest? If you want to have an understanding of who a priest is in the New Testament, we have to go back to the foundation of priesthood, which is the Old Testament. If we see how priests lived and their responsibilities and their calling, it's a shadow of what we are supposed to be doing. You know, the Old Testament is a shadow, meaning that it's pointing you to the truth. So the Old Testament is not, it's not like the Old Testament is not good. It's good because it is pointing us to the truth that is going to be revealed in the New Testament. Are you in the house? Yeah. So everything, so somebody actually said that the, the Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. So we see, we see Jesus, but in, in shadows. We see Jesus, but not the, entire, the entirety. But when you come to the New Testament, you see Jesus revealed throughout the scriptures. Amen. Now, if you look at the priests in the Old Testament, the people who were privileged to be in the temple and the tabernacle, the high priest actually had the privilege of going into the most holy place. I think it was once a year or so, if, I'm, if I remember. On the Day of Atonement, after many, many, many sacrifices and many rites. So, priests in the Old Testament had a special access to God. In the New Testament, we are Bible says that you and I, we are royal priesthood. We are also priests in the New Testament. Meaning that because we are born again, we have special access to God. Amen. In the Old Testament, people went to God on your behalf. But in the New Testament, you and I have an opportunity to go close to God. Talking about intimacy. Hallelujah. And this is something that happens because we are born again. Because you are born again, you have special access to God. Are you in the house at all? Amen. And you have to understand, in Revelation 1, 5 and 6, it says that he, out of his love, that's how he made us kings and priests. So our calling as priests is actually God's call of, it's an expression of the depth of his love. Yeah. That's why it's amazing that after the many things we've done, God can call us a royal priesthood. Yeah. It's amazing. It's love. It's only love that can look at the fornicator and say that now you are a, a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. He said that it calls us God's holy people. We are a holy nation. God's special people. It can only be God's love. There's no explanation to it. That's how comes people are still thinking. That's why when people come to Christ, they are still thinking there's still something I must do to pay for my past. Because it is too good to be true that you, a former fornicator, a thief, Bible is referring to you now as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. It is only God's love. Some things are just, a, some things are only possible because of the great love with which He has showed us. Nothing else, nothing explains it. <laughs> Amen. The other thing about priests in the Old Testament, so first thing is that a priest had a special access to God. The other thing about priests in the Old Testament is that they were anointed to function. Aaron and his sons had actually to be consecrated, separated. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, you and I. Hmm. We are anointed to walk as priests and live as priests. Amen. The third thing about priests in the Old Testament is that priests were actually seen as holy people. Holy because they were separated to God. In fact, priests had to dress in a particular way because of their calling. Because they were different. 
A priest attire was different from the rest of them. And if you check God's details when it comes to priests and all this, the details that this the garment should look this way, this should be at this part of the just so that when a priest stands and a common somebody from Israel also stands, you see that there's a difference just by looking at appearance. So in the New Testament, if we are also priests unto the Lord, then it means that when we stand and the world stands, there should be a difference. Yeah. In every way, in our dressing. Yeah. Sisters, when you're a bridesmaid, you should still be a royal priesthood. Yeah. Uh, did I say this last week? People are looking at me as if I said last Did I say that last week? About dressing. Okay, let me continue my message. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Holy, holy, we are holy people, separated. The fact that you are born again means that God has separated you from many other things and many other people. Yeah, that's why you don't dress like every other person. That's why you don't go where everybody goes because you are, you are holy, you are separated. You see, holiness, holiness, we ex- explained this last month. Holiness doesn't mean you are not fornicating or there. No, holiness goes beyond that. Holiness means you are separated unto God and the result of that is that you don't do the things everybody is doing. You have to, if you don't have that understanding of holiness, it will be difficult for you. Amen. Jesus, who is our great high priest, while he walked on earth, he gave his life to much prayer. So if we are priests today, then we must also give ourselves to what? Much prayer. Tell your neighbor, we must give ourselves to what? Much prayer. Mark 1.35. What does the Bible say? So a great while before day, Jesus what? Rose up departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. Yeah. People believe that this a great while before they, it was about 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and it was seen as Jesus' lifestyle. Despite his busy schedule, a great while, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., he departed. He left everybody to go and be with his father. Hallelujah. Luke 5, 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Luke 6, 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Jesus went to just have some one-hour prayer. Then the prayer was too sweet, so he just said, let me pray till the morning. Yeah, I'm telling you. Some of you going for all night to sleep from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. to go for a 10 p.m. all night. And even that one, you go and sleep again. Yeah, but Jesus just went regular prayer. I said he just continued all night in prayer. Uh, accidental all night. Yeah, like how some of you have accidental sleepovers in school. Yeah. So uh, it started raining, and if I look at the weather, there will be a storm. How people are dying and all that thing. I just decided to keep my life so I could serve the Lord more. Yeah. Then because of that, you see, you had sleepover in the ladies' room. Hey. Hmm. That's how Jesus also went to pray. And he was this, let me just pray till morning. <laughs> Great prayer life. Luke 9, 18. And it happened as he was alone praying. As he was what? Alone. As he was alone praying. There are some things you have to learn to do alone. Jesus, Jesus look, his schedule so busy. Many people he had to see. As he, was, he still made time to be alone. Somebody said, if you are too busy to pray, then you have become too busy. That his disciples joined him and he asked them, saying, Who do the crowd say that I am? Luke 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. Hmm. 
you have to have some places that you go and pray. Yeah, some places that are away from many distractions. Yeah, hallelujah. You have to learn to move away from the noise. And Jesus learned it. Can you imagine what it means to be living with 12 men? Yeah. Every time there's something to talk about. I'm telling you, oh, there's always something to talk about. But Jesus learned to move away from all these distractions just to go and pray. And look, he learned it. His, his, he, he, as God, learned to be alone. <laughs> what about you, my sister? You, my brother, what about you? Now you can minister and people clap for you so you can be alone with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Right now you can sing small and people say, oh, your ministry is also. Right now you can't be, okay, you be alone praying. You can't do. You can't. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm, as I'm saying all this, I'm saying, I'm just looking at the prayer life of a believer. Look, at a point he prayed and his disciples said, teach us to pray. Two things. They saw the, the consistency and they also saw the result of his prayer. So they went and said, look, teach us to pray. This your, you pray, teach us to pray. This month we learn how to pray. Amen. So if we are disciples of Jesus, if are the person we are following prayed, hey, you and I must well, we must well pray. So having an understanding, I told you at the beginning of what the importance of prayer leads us to pray. We are not just talking about learning how to use prayer as a last resort. Eh? That things are not working. You don't have a job now, so you want to pray. God should give you a job. We are talking about a life of prayer. Praying even when the Lord has blessed you. Hmm. As a priest, our life, your life must be marked by prayer. So we begin by looking at the fact that God is a prayer answering God. Psalm 65 verse 2, because you answer prayers, people everywhere will come to you. That's what good news translation says. Because you answer prayer, people everywhere will come to you. So the first importance, the goal of all prayer, the goal of all prayer is intimacy with God. God has always wanted to be close to man. Priests had the privilege of being close to God. So, a prayer person will be close. Anybody you spend time talking to a lot, you know the person. Yeah. You know. And God has always desired, as I said, from the Old Testament, you realize that a God who is interested in fellowship, his people, went for his people from Egypt, took them out. And even guess why he took them out of Egypt? He said, tell Pharaoh that, my, let my people go so that they'll go and worship. He was talking about intimacy. Yeah. So God has always desired intimacy and in the house. Some of you think that when you are messing up, God doesn't desire intimacy. Look, I've come to realize that there are sometimes, or not sometimes, God even enjoys you in your weakness. Yeah. I'm not saying that if you leave this meeting and say, oh, God will enjoy me, so bring me internet and bring me a good phone. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as you are there, you are struggling. You've, you've tried to stop this thing. You are looking on to God. Some of you think God has walked away from you. He enjoys you. Yeah. He said, where sin abounded, he made his grace increase there. Yeah. Because he enjoys you in your weakness because he wants you to come out of the weakness. 
Not because it brings him glory, but because he wants you to be out of that. Hallelujah. Amen. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. This message Jesus gave to the church. He wasn't talking to um, usually we use this for all tackle preach. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Yeah, I mean it's good you can use that scripture. But when you look at the context of the scripture, Jesus was talking to a church, and he told this church that I stand at the door and knock. So what Jesus was just saying to this church is that you've sacked me from the church. Yeah, he said my own church. I'm outside. How can Jesus do? The landlord says that he has been locked out of the place. <laughs> See, I am outside and I'm knocking. He said that if any, if anyone, if anyone hears my voice and opens, I'll come in and dine with him. He was talking to the church, but he was now he was the, the great invitation was thrown to the individuals of the church. Meaning that God doesn't just want to know all of us together as a church or CY or a group. No, no. He wants to know you individually. As Julius, he wants to know you amongst the congregation. He wants to know you individually. Yeah. Amongst your friends. God doesn't just say, oh, you and your group of friends. No, no. He, God, he wants to know, he wants to be intimate with you personally. Not just the pastor. We are all priests in the New Testament. Nobody has special access to God. God doesn't live in my house. Are you with me? He wants to be close to everybody. Uh, so Jesus was talking to this church and said, you've locked me out. But when you look at the, this verse, what Jesus was actually looking at was, he was looking at intimacy. Now, is that if anyone here, so meaning that intimacy is for everybody. Anybody can be intimate with the Lord. Anybody. Is it that if anyone hears and opens, now, I was sharing, it was there at Wesley Grammar, one of those branches, that, you know, it is believed. There's a, there's a reading that believes that this ancient doors had only one handle. And the handle of the door was inside the house, not outside. So when Jesus was talking to the people, he said, if anyone hears, they understood because they knew that anybody outside your house cannot enter without you opening from inside. So what Jesus said, look, I am ready to come in, but you have a responsibility. So God will be close to you to the degree that you open the door to him. Yeah, not God cannot force himself on you to the degree that you open and invite him. He says that I'll come in and dine with him. Now, this, this meal actually in, in, in this ancient times, it was, it was, it's a Greek word which is known as deep known. This meal was... A meal that was taken leisurely. Like, I mean, they were, it's just a, a time of leisure, meaning that they were not in a hurry to have this meal. So they just sit down because they know there's no work after the meal. So they just sit down, and usually it's in the evening. So they just sit down and they are just eating behind. People, um, um, commentary actually believes that this meal could take hours. And when they are eating, they are just talking for long and it just signified fellowship. So when Jesus told this church that I'll come and dine with you, they understood it because they were having a certain meal where they talked for a long time and where they had intimate conversation. 
So when he told them, they understood what he was saying. Meaning that Jesus wants to come in and have a long kind of fellowship with us. Intimate. This meal, you, the people just don't have it with anybody unless they were close to you. It's not something they did. They selected who they could have this meal with. This meal I'm talking about. So when Jesus was saying, I'll come and dine with you. Jesus was saying, now look, I'll come and have that kind of special meal. But this is a, it's a better meal. Where we'll talk for long. Where we'll have great fellowship. Where we'll be together. Where it's a meal of intimacy. I ain't in the house at all. Yeah. So this is where Jesus wants us. In a place of fellowship. I ain't in the house. Yeah. You know, this church, they said they had need for nothing. They, they were rich. They were satisfied with many things. They, how they, they thought that they are Jesus said, look, yeah, you, you don't really have it. True fulfillment comes from intimacy, people. True fulfillment. Comes from it. Nothing else in this world will satisfy you. Those of you who are looking for a certain closure from a boy, is it closure? Is the word closure? Why are you people behaving like you don't understand anything? Christine, that's the word, right? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Telling about Jesus longs to have fellowship with you. <clears throat> Tell another person, Jesus longs to have fellowship. He longs to be close to you. We hope you've been blessed by this message. You know, listening to a message once is never enough. Stay connected for more and follow us on Instagram at ahava underscore dancewoman to get in touch. Remember, you are loved. Stay blessed.